Made in the Trade, Fantastic Four Visionaries, Volume 4, John Byrne. Kevin White is our guest for the first time on Made in the Trade. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you. Kevin, huge uh, Fantastic Four, huge Ben Grimm fan. Yeah, favorite Marvel character. That's his, he's wearing the shirt right yeah, now. Yeah. It's clobbering time. Yeah, this and this shirt has like three holes in it from my, <laughs> my belt. Um, when I first got it, I got three holes. I'm like, well, screw it. I'm still going to wear the damn shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, when, once this goes, I can't find any decent shirts like that. So, oh. Yeah. They are, they'll make another one, I'm sure. Well, they got to bring, well... The Fantastic Four is no longer in the in the universe. Oh, that's right. They're not really supporting them anymore. No, Ben's oh. uh, Ben Grimm was with the Guardians, mm-hmm. and now he's with Shield. Right. Um, uh, Johnny Storm's with the Inhumans, mm-hmm. and um, Reed and Sue. I can only guess is a murder suicide pact because <laughs> they had, they had like they're gone. They're gone with the kids. They had since uh since the end of Secret Wars. Right. The the modern day reboot of the Marvel Universe, Secret which Wars. Was, which, that was great. The Secret Wars series was amazing. That's a different podcast. Yes. We're talking the John Byrne years. John Byrne years when the Fantastic Four was the Fantastic Four. It made sense. <laughs> I like the way you said it. It was always the Fantastic Four, Alan. Well... <laughs> through the Kirby in the and Secret Lee Wars, years. In the Secret Wars, the Fantastic Four was... Uh, you, uh, it was like a device for rebooting the Marvel Universe. Like, right. Well, it's interesting because you talk about the Fantastic Four and the Secret Wars, and this trade has the start of the first Secret Wars. The original Secret Wars. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That whole, hey, look, there's something in Central Park. Let's walk into it. Brilliant. <laughs> That'll work. Way to go, guys. <laughs> That's Way all to- you do when you're adventurers, though, right? You just yeah. walk into danger. Yeah. So in this, uh, it's really... And what, what issues are these again? If, you're, if oh, someone right. wanted to pick up the issues, yes. what would they be looking at? You can look uh, issues t- Fantastic Four 258 through 260. Then it makes a jump over to Alpha Flight number four. Then back to Fantastic Four 261 through 264. Then it makes a, a brief pit stop in thing number 10, which does the Secret Wars jump... Uh, to at the end of that issue then in fantastic four 265 we are back from the events that take place in secret wars and she hulk has replaced the thing in the fantastic four in issue 266 and 267 we have stories that take over from that and that's the whole trade here ta-da ta-da that's All right. that's gorgeous yeah you know it's interesting that jump to alpha flight Totally unnecessary. It is unnecessary. Because they yet, want to sell off a flight. And yet, uh, John Byrne weaves the intro to that story in the opening page of that issue of Fantastic Four. Right. So if you don't read it, you're like, what the heck? What What's with it? Submariner? Why is he here? What, what <laughs> but you're right. If that you took it out of there, it really doesn't affect you that right. much. Right. Well, because, again, you know, um, and here's the thing about Byrne, and just as we get started to this whole thing, when Byrne loves a project... He loves a project, and mm-hmm. that project looks great. It reads great. Uh, when he gets tired of a project, though, you can really tell. Like, he half draws it, and someone else inks it with a marker, and <laughs> the storylines are like, oh, okay. You can tell he's he's done with it um, That back in the day. So he was he was real big on Alpha Flight and Fantastic Four. So he's like, everyone read my things. Yes. Yeah, so he was doing Fantastic Four at the same time as Alpha Flight, and I guess at the same time as the thing, because it's this is in here too, right? Um, but, but the thing was also, um, I think he was scripting, and uh, uh, Milgram was doing some of the art, and a couple of other guys. Okay, um, but he was writing and drawing Alpha Flight, yeah, as well as Fantastic. Four. And you can tell you look at the issue; it's a gorgeous issue, mm-hmm. and those characters. I, his Alpha Flight stuff was great, right? That's not this podcast, though. No, but we do have one <laughs> issue to discuss, so we will be yeah. discussing Alpha Flight to some degree. Well, let's start with the first issue of this, this trade. This issue of Fantastic Four number 258 has uh, starts off in Latveria from Doctor Doom's perspective. It is a Doctor Doom story. Yeah, it's interesting because the cover is the thing that first 
um, brings you in. It's that cover, not the trade, of the actual <laughs> issue where it's Doom's hand just, you know, mm-hmm. ripping the cover of the comic book. And behind the tears is the first page, the splash page yes. on the cover. So you open it up and like, oh, look, he actually tore my comic. Mm-hmm. You know, if a cosplayer did that today, you would beat the crap out of him. <laughs> Yeah, great, great job in the artwork, John Byrne. Well done. You are you are a hell of an artist, sir. When you care about a project, it's absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> He's like, oh, thanks for the left-handed compliment. But uh, <laughs> and it's interesting because like you pick up a Fantastic Four, this Fantastic Four trade, and the first issue, they're not in it at all. Yeah, no, just it is their their arch nemesis, the whole thing, and uh, it's told from his perspective. Yeah. What it's like to rule at Veria, what it's like to to have an heir to your kingdom. He's got Kristoff uh, in a pretty big role yeah. here. Yeah, the introduction of Kristoff. Not who, as not as big as his later role, but uh, yeah, right. At that time he's just a little boy in knickers, just a little boy in <laughs> those short little pants. Mm-hmm. They show like the the schooling process of Kristoff or people of Latveria coming to Doom for their needs in the country itself. He flashes back a little bit to back in the day when he temporarily had the stolen the power cosmic from the Silver Surfer. Foreshadow. Yeah. I, what I think is interesting with the issue is the fact that Doom, because uh, people go, oh, Doom's horrible. How can he lead the country? And it's like, oh, he's doing a really great job leading the country. I, you know, from the outside, I'm not gonna make any parallels. Yeah, I, I thought you were going parallels. to go on. Um, but yeah, you see that character is like uh, who actually cares about his homeland, mm-hmm. and um, and the actually funny because the only heroes that are in the book is it was it um, Captain America, and uh, when the Doombots go to steal, uh, yes, and uh, and Iron Man is it Cap and Tony mm-hmm. in the no Fantastic Four, but mm-hmm. here are a couple of Avengers that John wanted to draw. Just in passing. So one of his uh, or his head scientist, Doctor Doom's head scientist, he's like, "Hey, I figured out how to take the power cosmic and put it in your body, Doom. Here, get into this machine right away." That sounded so dirty. <laughs> put it right in your body. Yeah, put it in your body, Doom. <laughs> power cosmic. Yeah. Doom's like, "Oh no, please, you be the first and throws him in there. And he's like, "No, no, no, wait!" Da, 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 and he flips the switch, and it incinerates the guy pretty much and uh, doom knew because he was too enthusiastic and oh by the way he had he had ordered the death of this guy's brother so he didn't really trust him as he was such a great character to build up no he wasn't just a <laughs> and then the doom bots i love the fact he took he goes through he's he's bringing chris off like look let me show you how i rule and oh look doom bot 385 you have a you have a little bit of a match strike on your shoulder right it's like oh well uh, arcade did that, mm-hmm. which was another issue that Byrne had drawn. And it's like, yes, see, Byrne just gets those checks. <laughs> it's like, how did you kill him? Oh, I didn't. I figured he might be of use. And he kills a Doombot. It was a, uh, and yeah, that was a bit of a uh, retconning from what I've read. Really? Well, because um, John Byrne wrote that in there because he didn't like how Doom was treated in that issue of the Uncanny X-Men. Okay, okay. And so he thought, well, let me explain this away by saying that was a Doom bot the entire issue right. of that team-up of Arcade and Doctor Doom, because they never said that that was a Doom bot in the X-Men. Right. He, in, in, that, in doing that, in doing that incineration and doing that explanation, they're saying why Doctor Doom would put up with such insolence, because according to John Byrne, he's like, that's not Doctor Doom's character. Yeah. Not his Doom. No. I mean, Doom is around forever, but uh, mm-hmm. you know John's Doom is something. To- and he's right; mm-hmm. he, he's he's totally right, and it works. And this yep. issue works surprisingly without the Fantastic Four in it. Yeah, uh, for a Fantastic Four fan, I'm like, got it. You couldn't do this in half an issue, so I could get my <laughs> uh, my fix. But it comes the next issue, right? Within this first issue, we've got the issue of. There is this machine that can transmit the power cosmic into right. a subject. Obviously, it doesn't work on a regular person. That's why the scientist is incinerated. But Doom says there's still use of this machine utilizing the Silver Surfer's old power cosmic energies. And he's going to kidnap the other, another herald, a former herald of Galactus, which is, uh, his name was Terax. But before he was called Terax, he was called Tyros from his home planet. And he gets, well, anyway, long story short, or short story long, I should say, 
he was in a previous battle. He got what thought what was thought to be mortal injuries. Right. But he's in a full body cast in a hospital somewhere. Yeah. So he has his doom bots capture him, and then he's going to use the machine on Terex or Tyros. He's got him in like oh. this like high tech suit, and then he's imbibed him with yes. his cosmic powers. He that's gives right. him a little sky sled, basically sky. like the goblin glider. Yeah, and uh, that's that's the you look and go, hey, look, I gave you this, and here's a stupid looking sled. <laughs> I will use this. It's like, is this safe? Is this is this? Mm-hmm. Can what what? Yeah, no instructions. Yeah, you'll just know how. To just do just it. fly it. Yeah, just deal. So moving on to the next issue, we've got Sue in a um, alias in in an alternate guise. She's uh, she's looking at new homes. Reed and Sue are. She's got a Holly Hunter wig on. Yeah, she's got a, 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 a brunette brunette wig. Going. Bangs, horrible bangs. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she's going by her family's now going by the Benjamins. Yes, those 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 are those are her alias. Well, and she's name. And the idea is she's looking at mostly Christian neighborhoods, so that way it's like, well, we're Benjamin. We don't actually go to we we go to temples, so we that's why you don't see us on Sundays. <laughs> to you, Benjamin is a he, uh, he did well. Ben, ben Grimm is well, I know Ben Grimm, but that doesn't mean all Benjamins are. I think that's what they did it for. <laughs> that's my backstory. That's why that's they did it, why. not because they really love Ben and they want to, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I love the fact that every old woman in the John, in the John Byrne thing almost looks the same. That's true. Little little rosy cheeked is like, I would love to see a picture of John Byrne's mother or grandmother. And mm-hmm. that looks just like this little. That's lady. true. This is Martha Kent, from <laughs> <laughs> Man of Steel. Yeah. Yes, you're absolutely right. They, but you know he does that look good, and so it works. And, mm-hmm. and, so, and then this is uh the she's sporting the Lois Lane uh yeah, wig here, the ugly Lois Lane hair. Mm-hmm. That Man of Steel series. Yeah. So good. It was again, good. And again, it's not. <laughs> that'll be about. that'll be another trade. But uh, yeah. Then yeah, let's let's go away from that because I think the whole idea. I that's one thing I love about the Fantastic Four is the whole family aspect. Mm-hmm. But when you're a kid, uh, the last thing you want to read about yeah. is someone house hunting. Yes, it's like, hey kids, watch out! This issue they settle the house. Ooh, and they start to settle on an interest rate. <laughs> That's how it continues to the next issue. <laughs> it's carried over. Read Tax Man number three. Apparently, Reed has very good credit. <laughs> Not for a while, he didn't. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, right? In the early days? Yeah, they got foreclosed on. Foreclosed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was always a problem with money mm-hmm. because, you know, Stanley's like, want to make him just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. They have money problems. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. But then we get to the good stuff. We get oh. Ben Grimm in a cab. Ben Grimm's cab gets destroyed by Tyros the Terrible. I love the fact that he gets in this, like, first off, they show up with, like, the plane, and he, everybody's, like, all nervous because he was in the plane. That's a big thing. It's like, oh, my God, how can they let him on a plane with us? And the, I was surprised we weren't attacked. And all I can think of is, where did they sit him on the plane? Because of his weight, the weight distribution? Right. Oh, you destroy the seat that he sits on, first of all. But, yeah, the, the how's the plane going to take off with yeah, someone who weighs, what, 1,000 pounds? Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's like, okay, uh, I guess these three seats are yours. Yeah. That's the one thing I went over. Just like, well, where do they seat him? They couldn't sit him in the back because mm-hmm. the weight would be weird in the back. Right. And um, I guess I know. How's he make that reservation? Hey. I like to get a plane ticket. Okay. Uh, how many people? Just me. I need three seats. Mm-hmm. How much do you weigh, sir? <laughs> well, here's them. And, you know, and honestly, wouldn't. Would, I, even today, look at today. Do you think today someone like Ben Grimm could get in the flight? No. I I mean, with the weight restrictions that we have now. Yeah, and and the security. Although they do make you purchase an extra seat if you're right. Over he would have had to, like, but you look at this picture uh, of him in the cab, just taking the whole the whole back seat, the yeah. whole back seat, mm-hmm. and um, and again, and he's got to damage every seat he sits in. The shocks alone. Mm-hmm. But okay, so he's in the cab. <laughs> this. Uh, how was the podcast you listened to? I listened to him talk for an hour on where Ben Grimm sat in the plane and how he ruined shocks and cars. This is better than the uh, Brody Banks discussion on Mallrats <laughs> with Stan Lee. <laughs> We're not talking about his genitals. We're just talking about where he sits on planes and cars. Right. 
So a fight breaks out. A good fight, too. It is a fun fight. It's uh, t- I, I keep wanting to call him Terax. He's got all the powers of Terax, but he insists on being called by his original name, which is Tyros. But he's he's using his power over um, Earth. Yes. He can throw rocks and, and control the Earth around him. The art on this, this fight, when you look at it, like, and this is what I love about the, uh, the Fantastic Four and John Byrne uh, in, in general, any decent fight scene mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. Like there's a there's a shot of him of uh, Ben Grimm uh, over traffic like with a big big uh, ground arch, mm-hmm. and just the um, Burns perspective on it is just amazing. Yeah, you know, like that's gonna hurt when he lands. It's gonna hurt. Mm-hmm. And it it really is just this when he gets hit through the store, the supermarket. Yeah, that two page spread, that gorgeous, gorgeous. Oh, the big womb. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the 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 shot leading up to it, John Burns. I mean, honestly. Uh, if he directed movies, we'd get these wonderful movies mm-hmm. just because of his, his take on it. Everything to him, every battle uh, seemed like this great epic movie battle. And if you're familiar with uh, a lot of Todd McFarlane's art, Todd McFarlane took over for Incredible Hulk right after John Byrne, or at least close to John Byrne, after John Byrne designed a lot of that time frame of the the hulk's characters uh-huh. and you see like this this right here uh-huh. him going through the store is yeah. like something that mcfarlane that, would do during that hulk series as well i you know and I, i've had a conversation i don't know who i talked to the other day we we're talking about mcfarlane mm-hmm. as an artist mcfarlane is amazing yeah as a writer oh no um <laughs> that spider-man series at first mcfarlane spider-man mm-hmm. was like six issues or nine issues yeah before he left and it was like that story could be told in two. Sure. But he's like, look at the great art I'm doing. And mm-hmm. so you get these beautiful art pieces. But if you were, if you were reading it for story, mm-hmm. like, oh, so in this issue, um, Spider-Man swung across town and he ate a burger. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And But when he, when he was doing other people's writing, it was just gorgeous. So. Yeah, when other people were writing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But this, that's the thing with Byrne. Byrne was like, okay, I know that I have this many pages, mm-hmm. uh, huge fights, and also these other scenes that go along with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he would actually have good character dialogue and, and advance the plot. Take notes, Todd McFarlane, yeah. if you want to consider yourself a writer. It's <laughs> suddenly a McFarlane bash. <laughs> he's, he's at home right now going, oh. <laughs> We know you subscribe to Made in the Trade. We did a we did a a Hulk Ground Zero with your artwork. His wife is like, "What's wrong, honey?" Oh, Alan Forbes again. <laughs> he just makes me feel bad about myself. One one last thing I'm going to say about Todd McFarlane. <laughs> he rarely draws anymore, and that's his talent. That's the biggest tragedy, in my opinion. Is that he needs to draw more. Okay, isn't he? No, he's he's working on a new Spawn movie, right? Maybe. I thought, I but remember. again, he's he's he feels he's an art. He's a writer first, and you and I both know he's an artist first. He's right. a writer like fourth. Yeah, yeah. But back to the fantastic. Back to Four. the Fantastic Four. So the thing's getting his butt whooped by uh, Tyros. Yeah. Um, brief interlude. Girls love Johnny Storm. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> what was her name? Uh, Sharon. Yeah, I think is she. She was She's like a friend of the roommate of Frankie Ray. Yeah. Who, yeah. by the way, becomes a Herald of Galactus. Because who doesn't? It's, who doesn't become a Herald of Galactus? It's, it's like in a really exclusive club. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I love the fact that whenever there's a, there's like a, um, there's two types of girls that, uh, that Johnny Storm gets. He either gets the hot chick mm-hmm. or the nerdy chick. And John Byrne draws the nerdy chick. It's like huge glasses. Because she looks like, um, there used to be a character in, um, in the Peter Parker Spider-Man that had the big glasses, but Marvel was like, well, if you're a nerdy chick, glasses take up three quarters of your face mm-hmm. and you have shorter hair than, like you're blonde, but you're shorter hair blonde. And mm-hmm. and she shows up this dress and it's like one of those off the shoulder things, mm-hmm. you know, you'd see in dirty movies. It's like, okay. And she wants Johnny. She's like, hey, uh, I know you're friends with my my ex-roommate and, you're, you're, and Frankie left and you're all alone. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, thank God, the Fantastic Four flare. <laughs> and he's out of there. It's 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 like, I only sleep with women I like. Hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Peace out, girlfriend. 
Yeah, they never get together. Then it goes to uh, it goes to Sue. Cuts to Sue. Sue uh, sees the alert, and she's heading there. And then she suddenly gets abducted by Doom's cloud vehicle. Right? It's the, it's the old Care Bear vehicle. It looks like a cloud, <laughs> but it's actually a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she gets brought on board, smacked around a bit. She gets smacked around by Doctor Doom. That's oh, Doombot. Some, she decapitates the Doombot. Yeah. But then a ball with Doom's face in it. That's addresses the old, her. That's the old Stanley uh, Jack Kirby Doom Ball. Mm. You could you could get those in the sixties. Nice. Uh, the Whammo Doom Ball. <laughs> Sue Storm, I'm addressing you from this red ball. Hear me, <laughs> Johnny Storm and Thing are about to be murdered by Tyros. Yeah, because he's messing them both up. Mm-hmm. And I got that great arrow shot of the the store that's all wrecked. And I mean, you look at the store; it's it's wrecked, it's torn apart. It looks like an Aldi. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I pick on Aldi. And he gives her a choice. You know, fight me or, or save yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. And the choice is obvious to Sue. She's going to save her family. And she dives out of the... Mm-hmm. I love this. Dives out. Years ago, that would have happened. When like, she didn't have force fields? When, yeah, when she didn't realize what she could do with the powers. And I mm-hmm. think... was That that was during the burn era that... I want to say that... No, preceded of, that, right? She had it? force fields before burn. No, not, not the force field, but the able to... Uh, Make like the slides and almost like the Iceman type of thing. It was. During, I don't know. Is I it? believe it was during Burns Reign. Oh, he, maybe he was like, "Hey, let's make her more powerful." Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe during the Malice series. Okay. Was, was that before? In the final page, final panel, you see from above the uh, above the clouds. There's the Silver Surfer watching. He notices some transporter beam going off. He's like, I need to find out what's going on down there. Silver Surfer is going to enter the fray. Now, when you read Silver Surfer now, mm-hmm. what voice do you hear? Oh boy! Do you hear um, your voice? Do you hear the voice of the one in the movie? No, I'm not that familiar with the one in the movie. I haven't watched the movie that much. That's more. I guess it's more or less my voice, like okay. like a soft tone. Okay, because the movie was um, Lawrence uh, Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll read, I'll go, hmm, and I'll go back and I'll listen to it again in Lawrence Fishburne. I'm like, all right, all right. And sometimes I'll screw it up and I'll get him mixed up. He'd be like Morgan Freeman, and then it's like, <laughs> oh no, that's not him. Well, Johnny, it's like no, no, that's Lawrence, that's not Lawrence Fishburne. Or is it Lawrence Fishburne as Perry White as the Silver Surfer? Mm. <laughs> no one cares about Clark Kent taking on the bat. We've got uh, issue two sixty. Opening splash page is Namor the Submariner. Because if you're reading the last issue, you saw Silver Surfer <laughs> flying in. You're like, all right, Silver Surfer, mm-hmm. open up, Namor. What the hell? <laughs> Wasn't he also doing... Because uh, Burton also did... Uh, Namor the Submariner, but that was in 1990. That was, was years later. I bet he did that to gear up, like like slides the page over to his boss at Marvel and goes, mm-hmm. hey, take a look, shooter. Mm-hmm. Think I can do a Namor series as well? Whatever you want, John. Yeah, whatever you want, sir. You're, <laughs> you're selling our books. Right. Just don't get tired of him because your art goes to shit. So Namor uh, basically establishes there's some crazy stuff going on in the ocean. It's polluting. It's disintegrating the metal on his bracelets. It's poisoning his gills. He uh, is going to get some help. But that's beside the point because we got to go back to the original story. Yeah. I, honestly, they could have. He didn't need to put that in there. No. Uh, no, he could have gone right clearly to sell more Alpha Flight issues. <laughs> well, I mean, they could have had him right at the end, mm-hmm. and it would have served the exact same purpose as right. it did without the three pages, uh, splash page was yeah, two page, three pages of of Namor nonsense. Right. No, it, in putting it up front, he just solidifies the importance of hey, you need to go read Alpha Flight number four after you finish this book. He's he's really hammering it home. Yeah, it's like it's, it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. It's, okay. Yes. No, I agree. Because the the the, the correct splash page is four pages in. Yeah, <laughs> with Johnny and Ben getting their butts handed to him by Tyros. When you're when you're reading a comic, you want a decent battle scene, and Burn doesn't disappoint at all. No, not at all. Mm-mm. No, and they're putting up a great fight. Thing whacks him around with a a random object. Yeah, and then Johnny heats him up and gets gets wet. Mm-hmm. So, or doesn't because Sue saves him. Right with the force fields, Sue shows up. So now it's three against one. But remember, Terax is or Tyros is now with the power cosmic once again. Yep. And Doom's got to see what's going on up close and personal. Yes, 
he comes down to the fray to which observe. amazes me really if you think about it mm-hmm. that he's even that close it's such a bad call on his part yeah well he's got that ego yeah so he shows up and and then he knows knows that Reed's not there and that's, that's his arch foe yeah so if if Tyros is going to take down the Fantastic Four Reed has to be there to be taken down and I think that's there's a flaw in that logic right there too because don't you think um, Tyro's killing his wife and his two, his best friends mm-hmm. would do more damage to Reed and allow Doom to come in. Uh, he wants him, probably wants him at full speed. I think he uh, also full, wants full Reed strength. to witness the death of his loved ones, and okay. since he's not there, he can't be tortured by the fact. Okay, yeah. So yeah, Doom stops Tyros and kind shoots of. him <laughs> with his gauntlet. And Tyros is like, what the heck? And now it's Tyros versus Doom. Which gives our heroes a chance to rest. And And Tyros has so much power, he melts the joints of Doom's armor together. Just like the first Fantastic Four, the second Fantastic Four movie, the first one from Marvel, not the Roger Corman first movie. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So now uh, Doom's basically... In trapped, he's pris- imprisoned in his armor, watching everything go down. Yeah, and wait, here's that other herald of Galactus, Silver Surfer, joins the fight, and it's one on one, Surfer versus Tyros, and Doom's just watching. And then they have my favorite, uh, favorite, like, hey, look, special guest appearance by none other than Aunt May, Aunt May <laughs> Parker. And, and not the sexy Aunt May like Marissa Tomei. No. We're talking, you know, Granny Aunt May. Classic, shrivelly, frail. <laughs> Classic, shrivelly. Old Aunt May. By the way, she gives a little shout out because she mentions her nephew about someone being rude. He's like, my nephew would show you some manners. After I made him weedy cakes. <laughs> <laughs> it kills me. It's like, in case someone doesn't know who it is, he's like, I better make sure. I, I Again, I'm going to hammer something home. My nephew Peter, which no, Peter gets weak when it rains. It's like, right. yeah, for terrible. all you care, like he's he's a weakling still. Yeah. And she's like, he's a weakling, but he'll kick your ass. How'd your, how'd your nephew die, Aunt May? <laughs> he was trying to teach someone some manners because I said so. So the surfer and Tyros have a pretty keen um, interaction here. Like they go out to to low orbit. He's up in 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 space and then they dive straight down like a comet. So good. So good. These again, just the, the cinematography of these panels mm-hmm. is gorgeous. They're turning at right angles. And then Tyros gets so angry. He like the, the, the power cosmic explodes all over the place, which was going to happen anyway, mm. which doom had revealed earlier that, yeah, uh, he only had it for so long before. Okay. It would, it would engulf. And that's why he gave it to, to Tyros. Right. So, and then in his armor, Doom screams during this explosion because he knows he's not going to survive this. No! <laughs> well, it's, it's not really Doom in the armor. It's the other guy because he switched consciousness with the guy in the crowd. Is that what it was? Yeah. That's See, a- I was wondering how they undid the death here. Yeah, they, he um, he did a thing. Like, if you look at the, uh, where in the panel where he's, ta- where he's frozen, he's talking. He's like, I've, o- I've only read about this, and I'll try this mystical thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, that's why the guy with the that's bag. That's why the guy's being rude to Aunt May. That's Dr. Yeah. Doom. That's Dr. Doom. Okay, yes. Had been Dr. Octopus, he would have hit that shit and then moved on. Because <laughs> that's what Dr. Octopus does, yo. <laughs> Yeah, that's why. So it's, it's some other guy who was just like, oh, I guess I'll go get some groceries for my wife and my kids. And next thing you know, he's in armor going, what the hell? Oh, man, that's great. Yeah. I mean, not great for that guy. No, but... that guy had a rotten life. <laughs> <laughs> so that guy in Dr. Doom's body perishes while Dr. Doom gets to be rude to Aunt May and whatever other New Yorker he encounters. I, yeah, because he, I think he, he finds the guy's house and he goes, he lives with the guy's wife and... She's like, something's wrong with him down the road. This is down the road, not even in this trade. It's like face off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I love the fact that the explosion that kills uh, the doomed body in um, uh, Tyros uh, knocks Sue back, who's mm-hmm. pregnant at the time. And that's a big right. thing. Yeah. Um, it's funny because every time something happens, people go to Sue, they go, oh, the baby. She's like, I'm fine. You know, she falls down a flight of stairs. The baby, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Really, most people fall down a flight of stairs and some guy's off the hook. Right. 
So and they pull uh, they pull the surfer out of that muck. So and then flash forward to the last splash page, which is Namor saying, "I have need of you." What do you mean, Namor? Well, this will be answered in Alpha Flight number four. Because it really, honestly, and Alpha Flight number four has a gorgeous splash page. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sue in winter gear on the on the fine little little Fantastic Four plane. I just, uh, he's always done Sue great. Mm-hmm. Even when she was in Malice, but the the series. Okay, let's. Just talk about the issue. Get through yeah. the issue as quick as possible. Sure. <laughs> I Alpha Flight was such a weird concoction because of all the characters. It made it interesting, but at the same time, you're like, why is this even functioning correctly? Well, like, how does this how does this group stay together? It was like, everyone's got personal issues, right? Like he amped it up from the X Men. Like he's like, oh, remember the days we did X Men? They had these problems. Hmm. Huh. Let's see. Let's make everyone have a problem. Like. Aurora has a psychosis problem where she's got a split personality disorder. And one's one's like the, the hero and the other's like a prude mm-hmm. uh, with, a, with a deeply, deeply French accent. And if they can't kick her off the team because then they'll lose her brother too. Right. Who's a bit of a hothead. Mm-hmm. Snowbird who changes to any animal she wants. Right. And Sasquatch. Sasquatch who's a scientist but also can be this big, Bigfoot Hulk type creature. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the Guardian. Who is now Vindicator? It was Guardian before, and I guess they they had changed that. They changed the name. Who else did they? Oh, Puck. I don't. Do we even have Puck in this? Yeah, but issue? Puck's not in this issue, which is a shame because Puck was one of the coolest things about Alpha. Flight. Right. Uh, they have Marina though. Marina's a main character in this. Marina's the character yeah. that gets kidnapped in a previous issue, and now she's kidnapped by the archvillain who is polluting the seas. Yes. We find out is the master of the world, or at least the self-titled master of the world. Yeah, it's again, it's a, it's a, it's a good issue, but for some reason, it's you were never to read Alpha Flight, right? And you're like, I love Fantastic Four, I love, I have to go read this, mm-hmm. and you go to read. I don't think you're gonna be drawn back to read Alpha Flight. Yeah, I don't think this is the selling point. It does seem a little bit out of place. Ah, gosh. Other than th- that, you might like John Byrne's artwork. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think this is the issue to m- introduce you to Alpha Flight necessarily. And it's, it's interesting they threw it in the, in the trade because you, you go, okay, well, if you don't put it in there, people are going to go, well, why the hell couldn't I read it? Mm-hmm. You know, I bought the trade. I want the whole story. Right. And the story has nothing to do with anything the Fantastic Four. No. And um, and even Submariner showing up during that issue of Fantastic Four is completely irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. I, like you could just skip ahead because we do need to answer the question of where the heck has Reed Richards been this whole time. Right. And that's the, the more important issue mm-hmm. because when she comes home from that battle, like... Mm-hmm. The, the mansion is still empty. Right. But he was at that time uh, at the Avengers uh, mansion. Right. Um, trying to cure vision. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was actually working. Yeah. So it made sense for him to be gone. Yeah. But uh, now well, Sue comes back. And he's like, he should have been home by now. Well, it should have been, He should have answered the flare. Right. He didn't answer the fancy. And that's when, when she comes like, hey, where is everybody? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, well, he should have answered the flare. Why wasn't he there? Mm-hmm. And then she comes back. Place is empty. And then there's Namor going, I'm weak. And then you see him, like, you see him in the issue of Alpha Flight, like, nope, not weak at all. <laughs> it's like, what did, you, what did you do between those two issues that got you strong? Well, he's making out with Sue on this one splash page in the beginning of that issue. It's like, by the way, Sue is still married. Yeah. Sue not putting up a big fight here. No, no. And uh, I, I think he's going to knuckle somewhere. I'm not going to say, but... Uh... <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing. It's always been a thing between... Um, Samariner and Sue mm-hmm. uh, from the earliest days um, of the FF that he had a thing for her and she kind of had a thing for him and mm-hmm. and um, you know as it, throughout the years she's been drawn back to uh, Namor and Atlantis mm-hmm. uh, she was the emissary um, the United States emissary to Atlantis for a while hmm. their ambassador down there so you know um, yeah there's that connection but still if if I knew my wife was uh uh, was kissing on neighbor, I'd be like, we're having a friggin' fish fry. Right. It's like, fish gotta go. <laughs> so okay. you think that at one point that Reed would come home and he'd kiss Sue and be like, you've been with Namor because usually um, that's not the area that, that, that tastes like fish mm. when I kiss you. Um, <laughs> too, too much? Too far? See what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Honestly, all the women in the world and Namor's like, well, uh, I've got a wife of my own under the sea. I've got all these others, you know, I can, whatever. And it's like, but Sue, she's so wonderful. 
So Silver Surfer flies Sue over to the Avengers Mansion. She because checks she, up. Yeah, she calls over on where where the heck is my husband? She's checking up on her husband. And they're like, "Oh, Sue, we we meant to tell you." <laughs> yeah. We, 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 uh, um, uh, you know that uh, you you left that note saying if something should abduct your husband, we should call you. We totally <laughs> forgot. Yeah. So that was the the beam that drew Surfer to the Earth in the first place. Yes. From orbit. So they got to go find Reed. And this is a point in Surfer's history where he's still entrapped within Earth's orbit. He can't leave Earth. Right. So even though this is a space adventure and they got to go find Reed out in space, Silver Surfer can't help them find Reed. He's got to stay back on Earth. So they go without him. The Fantastic Three off to find Reed. Where the heck is he? Well, you know what? We can get the help of the Watcher. He yep. sees everything, right? Yeah. I also like the fact they throw a flashback in here mm-hmm. when they take off. It's like for anybody who picked up this issue, uh, hey, if you don't know the origin of the Fantastic Four, here's two pages, mm-hmm. um, which eh, it's nice, but unneeded. Right. Exactly. It's filler. So the Watcher gives them some insight on where to go to find Reed, and he uses his own transporter technology to zip him. Yeah, across space to this big galactic armada that has uh, Reed in captivity. They've yeah. got him stretched out in this big rotating rack. He also he also uh, claims the fact that he can be the Watcher can be involved with this because of the nature of what's happening. Okay, so he actually clarifies the fact that yeah, I know I'm just a Watcher, mm-hmm. uh, but this time I'm coming along. Yeah, he's like, but it's okay because I check my buddies, my, my buddies, because that's where he talks. Mm-hmm. Talk my buddies, my pals. Yeah, talk with my buddies. They say it was okay, and so uh, he goes with them, and they find Reed. The Shi'ar and the Scrolls want to put Reed on trial. No, they want to kill him first. Oh, they that's, want to put. It, they want to kill him first that's before why, the trial. That's why he's on the rack because they're they're. Oh, and so when Ben, I just skimmed this recently. So, oh, so when when Ben tears it down and stuff. Um, they claim that he has to have a trial. Okay. Yes, they're like, you can't just kill Reed without... And Reed claims... Uh, I think this is one where Reed claims he's guilty, mm. but because of the nature and all that, and they mm-hmm. say, oh, okay, then I guess you're right. We've revealed what the crime is, why the, why the Shi'ar and Scrolls want to kill Reed. It's because Reed, it, many issues earlier, had saved the life of Galactus. And Galactus, his whole existence is based around feeding off of planets and in which case he destroys planets as a result so billions of lives can yeah. be killed when he's feeding right and so because reed saved him um the scroll homeworld yeah was destroyed oh well <laughs> uh, it, which kills me because scrolls are known throughout the universe as being these real dicks right and bastards and horrible people shapeshifters yeah. but they're also invaders right so they, they're known for this and galactus destroys their planet mm-hmm. and Ray goes no that's not cool wait you guys hated him forever mm-hmm. you think someone go you know what ain't that big of a deal right thanks Galactus yeah here's a couple here's a list of worlds that we can't stand so uh, Alondra from uh, with uh, uh, Gladiator Gladiator mm-hmm. Gladiator if you don't know he is the um, the head of the uh, Shi'ar royal guard right he's basically uh, the same power level as Thor or any Herald of Galactus right? in the Marvel Universe. He's actually supposed to be based off of Superboy from the Legion of Superheroes. That's a whole other yeah. story. <laughs> but then she shows up at the end because there are all the aliens, like the the council's like, yeah, well, maybe, maybe Reed's right. He didn't do anything wrong. And she's up. no, no, no. Reed's going to die. In the next issue, we recruit a stenographer for the case. Now this this okay. which is funny because uh, side note here mm-hmm. uh, this issue happened on the month um, once a year Marvel would do a thing where it was Assistant Editors Month mm. and those are the those are always the issues that they did little little coy little things like look at how clever we are and it was always kind of stupid mm. always the worst month in Marvel was Assistant Editors Month there's a little note on the cover from John Byrne up in the upper right hand cover and then who appears in the story himself you see it. Mm-hmm. That, that little, mm-hmm. Yeah. Little, so when you buy the comic and you see Reed on the cover and he's mm-hmm. above the issue number. Yeah. And it's just a little little note from John because it's assistant editor's month. Like, hey, <sighs> it's that time of year again. <laughs> I, 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 I enjoy, always enjoy the thing about uh, someone appearing in their book. 
uh, one of the creators appearing in the book. They did it back in the day with with Stan and Jack. Mm-hmm. So to see John Byrne going, hey, I can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. But at this point, he takes it to another level. Right. He's and heavily involved in this he's story. He's heavily involved. The, the only case worse than this mm-hmm. is if, you, if you've if you read the latest series of Howard the Duck. I have uh, not. Chip Zdarsky, I think I said it right. Um, um, the two creators there put themselves in the story as two aliens who are writing the story of Howard for a TV show. And it's just like, they were so, it was so um, meta mm-hmm. that it was, it got to be a point of like, yeah, you, you went too far with it. Mm. Um, this, however, I don't think this goes too far. It's just, it's kind of hokey mm-hmm. that Galactus shows up in John Byrne's house. Or the Watcher. The Watcher, I'm sorry. Yes. Shows up, when I say Galactus, I look at your Galactus toy over there, I'm like, Galactus. Um, the Watcher shows up at John Byrne's house and says, we need you, Scribe. Like, mm-hmm. he's the only writer. Right. <laughs> on the planet Earth. Of every writer in the, in the 80s. Every, Stephen King wasn't available. You right, know, like right. Any, any decent newspaper reporter wasn't available. Mm-hmm. Someone who the public would trust. No, get the comic book writer. Yeah. Spielberg, that no talent hack, you know, and then uh, of course, so John Byrne becomes the sonographer for the uh, the trial of Reed Richards, yeah, and John Byrne's wife gets to appear in the comic, yes, which gets John Byrne laid. I'm sure, and but apparently she's a model, like she just did a a photo shoot, the Westinghouse shoot. I wonder if that could any work after that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you know, we uh, we were gonna go with uh, uh Jacqueline Smith, uh, mm-hmm. we we're gonna go with Cindy Crawford. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? Uh, didn't John Byrne's wife just do a comic book? Yeah, get her. Get her. We want her instead. <laughs> so Reed's on trial for saving the life of Galactus. It's a whole issue of talking. Yes, it is. But it's a lot of cool cameos. Yeah. No, no. I'm. I Again, if you're a kid and you pick up this book, mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot of talking. Yes. If you're so. an adult, you go, okay, that's still a lot of talking, but at least it's good. Because there are some great cameos. The first character witness is Odin, who was found by Johnny Storm. Also, before he shows up, we get the or, uh, a quick origin recap of Galactus. Which, if you're not familiar with the origin of Galactus, it's, it's a pretty cool origin story. Yeah. His existence was basically just a member of an advanced civilization. But it predates our current universe. Their universe gets destroyed by the cataclysmic event. And then it is reborn in the Big Bang. But in during the Big Bang... Galactus, or as he was referred to, Galen, he was in a spaceship that was so advanced technologically that it preserved him, and then he was yeah. reborn as Galactus with the birth of the universe. And that spaceship became his spaceship, and yeah, there you go. And then Odin shows up, the High Father of Asgard, who's yeah. a major powerhouse in the Marvel universe as well. And oh, one of the things that, that's interesting about the trial is the fact that the um. There are these little dangly orbs, like 1970s designed <laughs> um, uh, circles, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, that are all different colors. And if they all become white, then Reed is innocent. But if there's any colors still on there, okay. then that's doubt and Reed is guilty and, and, and executed. Hmm. So even after Odin does his big speech about um, Galactus and tells the origin and everything, uh, and, and you know Johnny and and, uh, and Ben are like, woohoo, you know, we won. They're mm-hmm. like, no, look, they still have colors. Mm-hmm. And then it gets destroyed by Frankie Ray. Mm-hmm. who comes flying in. Yeah. And then Johnny's like, Frankie Ray? Because he still loves her and she left him. I guess Johnny's never had a girl leave him before. Well, not like that. Not to be a herald of Galactus. If you've ever heard those stories, it was like, you know, that was a serious one. The only other serious relationship before that was Crystal from the Inhumans. Mm-hmm. So they had really geared up Frankie to be that like total replacement. Right. And then when she went to Galactus, he just went, mm-hmm. you know, and so there's that. Hmm. So, of course, he's he's stunned, and she's like, keeping the pants stupid. Um, and Galactus <laughs> shows up, and I love the fact there's, there's like, um, there's that one page where this one little guy's like, I'm going to kill Galactus. And he, he just musters all his courage, and he flies up to, uh, you mm-hmm. know, like thinks he's going to shoot him in the back of the head. Yeah. He's going up for a mob hit. <laughs> and he goes, Ugh. and he, he's, so, he's just like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I let down my race of people. They're all dead. I was, I was going to avenge. Them. It's like if rogue one, if they went, the plans are where? Never mind. <laughs> it's a, I could be risking my life. Yeah. And th- no. no. Mm-hmm. So, 
yeah so uh that that's to me is always one of those great things where he goes me <laughs> and it, it's funny because he uh there's another place earlier in the, in the issue uh, with with a bell at the mall mm-hmm. with uh, with tyros there's there's one little panel where they talk about the fact that their paperwork you know th- people's lives are ruined and blah 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 but that's not for us now let's follow sue to the yeah you know, he throws these little things and you and you catch it and you go uh, okay <laughs> thanks john that was weird but mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. covering all your bases right because you think, well, why would all these people have something against Galactus? Why wouldn't someone try to kill him? Yeah. So they take the wormiest looking guy mm-hmm. who didn't run away because everybody else is like, ah, oh, right. scatter. Mm-hmm. He's like, I can't do it. And he's like, if it should fail, it's like, I'm, I'm going to predict something for you, buddy. I think it's going to fail. Yeah. <laughs> I think your, your little device and your plan here is a flaw because you don't know what kind of power you're dealing with. Yeah. And he's like, what if it, what if it backfires? It doesn't work. So, mm-hmm. So he backpedals and doesn't do it. So anyway, Watcher and Galactus, they're trying to save the life of Reed Richards. So they join hands. They combine their power to summon someone who's more powerful than anyone we've yet to see in this storyline. Amazingly enough. I love this. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's really kind of awesome. (laughs) So they summon Eternity, who is the uh, living embodiment of the universe of the Marvel Universe. Eternity. You can't get bigger than that. It's like, Chamber's yeah. like, what do I go from here? Yeah. Eternity. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And it does make sense. And, mm-hmm. But why Eternity would go, why bother? It's just one guy. I know. Right? So it's, it's like if Reed Richards dies, he's going to be like, mm, I'm freaking Eternity. Yeah. <laughs> I see people like that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, I had, you know, 4,000 dogs. They all died yesterday. Right. You know, Eternity, what the hell you want from me? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Reed Richards. Oh, shit. I'll be there. <laughs> he's good people. He's good people. <laughs> <laughs> he still owes me from polka let's mm-hmm. save his life so but, eternity shows up he, he basically speaks on reed's behalf and he's like yeah dude i mean for, he, opens, he opens everyone's mind keep in mind people the universe must exist with galactus in it he has a place in the universe case closed goodbye and they all go oh okay <laughs> that's all i'm about to say because after he does that you see all the faces and all the open minds and everybody's like you know he's just reaching everyone's brain and just sort of massaging it and they all go yeah and that's the trial of Reed Richards. Except, of course, it closes out with uh, with, with John Byrne talking to his editor, Jim Shooter. And, and then um, Galactic goes, well, hi, write this shit down because you're not going to remember it in a couple of hours. <laughs> Everyone's going to forget this yeah. experience. It's interesting. This uh, this trade has a lot to do with loss. Um, you know, the loss of Reed in the beginning mm-hmm. is just the start of what this trade... Because I was trying to figure out why they put this trade together. Because mm-hmm. couldn't you do the story before the trial of Reed and end on the trial of Reed? Yeah. Because it goes off into other things. So. Mm-hmm. The suburban Richards family. Johnny is a race car driver. Johnny's always been a race car driver. Yes. <laughs> you said it like, Johnny's a race car driver. Like well, something. I'm just saying like the, the Richards, they are homemakers now. And in, in Johnny's spare time, he is a race car driver. Yeah. So he happens to be in an accident during a race on what I like to call Disney property. It's exactly exactly what it is. <laughs> it's a a fake Disney. Definitely a dig at Disney. Yeah. Um. You know, and, and I love about this is you uh with this issue because we and this is one of those things you can glance through really quick and talk mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Um. The core of the book is family, so it's you've got Reed and Sue and and little Franklin and and Reed changing his face to look like his new character. And, yeah taking the bus to go get the fantastic car and uh mm-hmm. and, and fly to to go take care of the vision and blah 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 right and it's like and you almost get it why the book wouldn't sell unless you're into family like if like you realize that you have to like these characters and that's the thing that you had to like the fantastic four as a family before a group mm, right because that's what's made you care about it when they went on the group adventures is you care about that family dynamic mm-hmm. and um and that shows here because uh, why the hell would the thing go hang out in California with, with Johnny? Mm-hmm. You know? And because what else is he doing? Yeah. It's a tr- I love the fact that uh, uh, they give him that, that white shirt, the white polo shirt for the thing with his shorts. They, it comes a couple of times where he's, he's dressed in a decent and a fight breaks out and he takes off the shirt. It's like, why? It's just going to get ripped. <laughs> is that shirt slowing you down, Ben Grimm? He meets Julie Angel. An old roommate of Sharon's and kissing and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the ladies love Johnny. They do. I love the fact the car crashes and uh, 
and thing just rushes in there and he just starts, you know, burns his hands trying to save him. Mm-hmm. Like, nope, oh, no, he's dead. <laughs> he's the guy was fire, you know. It's uh, that's what he did. Right. So he doesn't believe it, so he has to investigate. Yes. And it's and here's some of the stuff like when John Byrne does stuff and I read it, and I go, uh, why is there a Star Island? Mm-hmm. You know what? What good is that? <laughs> you know, and, and it gets to the island is, uh, oh, the big mansion that looks like all Disney characters, big portraits of Disney characters on the wall. And then there's this cockamamie theory about the Earth's core getting too cold. Right. So and if you if you heat it up, the Earth will expand and there'll be more room for people to live on. Yes. Like this was during the overcrowding scare during the <laughs> late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. And this this explains it perfectly. Well done, John Byrne. That'll help. <laughs> if only the Earth were larger. Yeah. Then we could have more people. Well, you know what happened was the original story was uh, uh, the villain was trying to keep people from, you know, stop them from fucking. So uh, Marvel went, no, we can't do that. <laughs> do you have anything else? Well, why don't we expand the Earth? Go with it. Works. Go with it. It's beautiful. They've kidnapped Johnny, basically mm-hmm. using Johnny as a drill bit. To drill down to the center of the earth. But every time they, they, they're forcing his power out of him, that's what they're doing. Yeah. They'll use his power to expand it as well. Mm, gotcha. So when Ben goes to save him, um, he goes to, you know, to rush, there's a window. He breaks the window to go to save him. He falls down to the shaft off a little further than he thought. Mm-hmm. He falls and falls and falls and falls and bounces off. And finds his old enemy from Fantastic Four number one, the Mole Man. John Byrne draws a great Mole Man. Mm-hmm. He really does. He looks like uh, George's dad on Seinfeld. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Ass man. And, 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 and that's my move. And Danny DeVito had a baby. <laughs> oh, now I hear his voice. It's uh, Jerry Stiller. Jerry Stiller's voice is now Mole Man's. Two, let me get 264 and 264. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so overused. The cover of Fantastic Four, number one, redone. Mm-hmm. And they Marvel uses it a lot, right? And they just change it a little bit, and that's what this the cover is. And it's it's all right. It's mm-hmm. it, it works, but it's like it's iconic. It's the it's the issue that kicked off the Marvel universe. Yep. Huge picture of Ben, St- ben Jerry Stiller, dad. Jerry Ben Stiller's dad. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna read all this all over again, <laughs> just so I can hear his voice. But I I love the fact uh, Inferno. The title of the issue is um, done on a splash page. Mm-hmm. To make it look like the the heat from the from the lava, give a history of why uh, why the mole man's all pissed off. His his utopia they had created for ugly people and mole people and all that was destroyed through the the burrowing down into the the core. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing was covered in lava, killing everybody. So that's why he's pissed. And so Ben tries to explain, hey, this wasn't us. Right. This was this ass jack up here at you know the false Walt Disney. Alden Moss. It's good. Walt Walt Mouse. Yeah, it's very close to mm-hmm. like he's not that sh- clever. <laughs> it's like did you not get a did you not get complimentary tickets one time? Did you <laughs> did you not get on the the teacups? You're like I'm writing a story. I know this man. Uh, Walt uh, <laughs> Disney. He's a very bad man. <laughs> he's been drilling here. He's got to stop. You tell that guy. I'm coming for him. What? Man, do anything. Jerry, you, you tell my no good son. Okay, I want to be a pirate. He's got to move out of this house, Jerry. Oh, and then there's a, a, a quick scene with Reed and then also with Sue. Yep. That are not together, but Reed's doing an inspection of some weird energy signals coming out of Central Park. Well, that's... Secret Wars and and Sue with her... With her Sue has a... Uh, had some problem with the pregnancy since she conceived mm-hmm. in the negative zone. And Franklin's birth, the only reason Franklin's birth was successful was because of um, the witch Agatha Harkness. Really? Who um, who helped with the birth. Uh, this one, she's not around, so... Mm, um, they you, need some you've sorcerers. Got, you've got two cosmic beings uh, who have conceived in the negative zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the antimatter zone of the Earth, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, ain't going well. They cut back to Johnny. They do this little, again... Family is what this book is about. So mm-hmm. they cut over that. And they come back to Johnny and and the robot woman mm-hmm. who looks like almost every uh, guest relations person <laughs> back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Being pulled through the floor by moloids. Which basically happened <laughs> back in the 80s. 
So he comes up with Ben, they rescue Johnny, and then they get the idea of how exactly Johnny survived the crash. Then my favorite part, the uh, the robotic cartoon Animatronics. Yeah, the animatronic. animatronic Disney characters fight uh, Johnny and Ben. And the Mole Man. And the Moloids, yes. Yeah. It's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's so, it's so ridiculous because the whole story is kind of ridiculous. Ben Grimm says to the Mole Man, hey, thanks, buddy. He's like, I'm not your buddy. I'll kill you next time I see you. <laughs> and you tell that George of mine. <laughs> I never want to see him again until Festivus. Then the next thing is uh, The Thing, which this issue only serves to show the freaking Secret Wars transition. I look at this art and I'm like, uh, maybe I'll just flip through the issue. Right. Yeah, it does give you the, the sense of like, I don't, I don't really want to read this. It's okay, they go to the Beyonder's planet. We know what happens next. Yeah. Now the next issue, the Fantastic Four, they come back from the Yonder's planet. Hey, where's the thing? It's it's She-Hulk. What's that all about? Yeah. But uh, but not before they do this um, attempt of of break in. It goes on for for ten pages. Wow. Ten pages of pace pot Pete. Mm-hmm. Um, not the best use of time or, or space, but okay. No. But the- like the way this is written and drawn, it does make you think. Like, dude, this guy's knows what he's doing. Right. Uh, no, he doesn't. No. So now She-Hulk's a member of the team. Yeah. Sue collapses, and they got to check out what is wrong with Sue. But that not before we have a flashback. <laughs> Which is weird because, like, you look at the cover, and there's Ben Grimm on the cover. It's like, so I think that's his way of going, hey, I'm going to trick everybody to think that Ben Grimm came back the next month. Mm. Like, tee-hee. Because if you remember in Secret Wars, right. the first one, uh, he was giving that thing like, well, if you want to come back to Earth, here you go. This is your... This is your um, transporter. Right. But he, in no. the thing, issues. No, he became Rocky series. Grimm Space Adventurer. Oh, boy. And it was, some of the issues are, are pretty good, but some of the issues are just, you go, wow. Mm-hmm. Put him back on Earth because this isn't working. So the the at the end of this issue, they're like, you know who we need? You know who's an expert in radiation? Not just Bruce Banner. Not who's just Walter Langston. Who's the best oh, guy? Dr. Octopus. Yes. Yes. <laughs> They're all like, what were we thinking? <laughs> we don't know squat about squat. We need yeah. Doc Ock. They send Reed out to go find Doc Ock, who's in prison, practically catatonic because Spider-Man keeps beating him and he's it's almost Badly. given up on life. Yeah. This guy is just like emotionally beaten. And it's so funny because this whole issue um, could have been a Spider-Man comic mm-hmm. but you just put reed richards in his place yeah hey spidey go get dog Ock. Mm-hmm. but it, it's the uh it's the uh billboard of spider-man that knocks him back to old doc Ock. yeah because reed talks him talks him into helping him out mm-hmm. flying over in the fantastic car they see a, bi- a billboard from the daily bugle which has got spider-man menace on it of course and yeah. doc starts like oh I remember. Yeah, and uh, the arms come alive. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that at one point, Reed Richards goes, J. Jonah Jameson and his Spider-Man menace billboards. He actually blames J. Jonah Jameson. It's all J.J.'s fault. Yeah. It's it's like, J. Jonah is like, Parker! And, mm-hmm. and Reed Richards is like, Jameson! And <laughs> the circle never ends. So, Ock, Doc Ock summons the arms. They attack Reed. There's a big stretch-o fight with uh, Doc Ock's arms versus Reed Richards. Pretty Stretchy. fun. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it really is. It's a it's a it's a fun issue. And you go, oh, this is this is this is fun. It's a it's a new take on two characters we've never seen fight. Because mm-hmm. Doc Ock has fought other characters, yep. but you know to put Reed Richards alone, yeah, uh, and they both kind of have the same powers if you think right, about it. yeah, um, both mind and body, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting these two. Uh, fight it out. He uh, he realizes that Doc Ock still has those manual controls on the front of the, the, old the vest, and he reaches out with his own hands and fingers and manipulates them to shut down. Basically, <laughs> he just he puts all his fingers in Doc Ock. That's how he shuts him down. And and I, wouldn't it shut down anyone? Really? Process, that's that's the, how you get me. Uh, it does. It's too late. The help because Sue has lost her second pregnancy. Uh, 
I say this, and this whole trade payback has lost throughout it mm-hmm. because uh, you lose Reed Richards in the beginning, go to the trial of Reed Richards. You lose Ben Grimm at the Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. You get She-Hulk to replace him. Right. And then you lose uh, Sue's baby and she makes another. Mm-hmm. Val. Val. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that whole mess. <laughs> <laughs> Until the, the movies... Um, Change know. hands. Yeah. Who the, now? Fantastic Four is with Fox. Fox and Fox. The same people have the X Men. And Fox doesn't come around to realize they're not making as much money as they could. Right. But if they did, then we get we get the Fantastic Four back. Right. I think it's interesting what they've done with the characters right now. They're not together. Um, oh, in the Marvel universe. In the Marvel universe. Yeah, because they still exist. Right. Just not in what we just talked about. Right. Like, if you're going to read it now, like, oh, I'd like to read the Fantastic Four. You can only read older stuff. Hey, Fox, get off your ass. <laughs> yeah, seriously, you're doing nothing with the characters. What would least... be interesting is when Sony makes a billion dollars on a new Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. When they go. That might oh. be it. That might be what's what tips everything in the balance. Because, yeah, when you prove that Sony can make more money by licensing out the character rather than producing it themselves, yeah. Fox might catch on. Yeah. Now, is Logan. Logan's Fox. Logan's Fox. Mm-hmm. Fox with Marvel? Just... No, no. It is, I mean, Fox is exclusive to all the Okay, so X-Men no one goes see Logan. Right. I know Boycott that, Logan and then watch Spider-Man awesome. twice. Homecoming. All right, guys. See you next time. Peace.